Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello again. Welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our good friend, John Opaluski. John, how are you today? Jim, I'm doing great. Uh, we got to spend a half hour <laughs> chatting before we started recording today. And man, I'll tell you what, just love uh, spending time with you. It's good. I, I got a lot out of today. I, I appreciate you didn't charge me for that, that uh, session, that counseling <laughs> session there. That's good. I noticed too, for those of you that are there watching versus listening, you've got some new equipment in front of you. You look very professional. Well, yeah, I have a new uh, mic and uh, we're uh, we're trying to up our game here a little bit yeah. from a quality perspective. And Jim, you'll have a mic uh, in front of you. I, here I have some serious microphone envy right now. So I'm glad to hear there's, there's <laughs> it's in the mail, you know, and this is episode number 98. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's nice to see. And I think this is something that everybody would know about you that 98 podcasts later, you're still making improvements where we're experimenting with technology right. or we're changing formats. We're bringing in people. We're we're learning and growing. And, and that kind of an analogy just for ministry in the day that we live so. in now. That experimentation and innovation are just as important, if not more important, today than they've ever been. Yeah. That's right. And one of the phenomena I think of the, of the last uh, fifteen years that we've seen grow and grow and grow is today's topic and podcast number ninety-eight. Tell us a little bit about where we're heading today. Yeah, the title of the podcast today, Jim, is the Bivocational Balancing Act. Uh, in 2015, uh, more than 38% of pastors in the United States were bivocational, wow. and and almost every church has at least one bivocational pastor on their yeah. team, uh, no matter the size of it. Uh, I, I've observed that, um, and you might be wondering. I think most of our audience knows what a bivocational pastor is, but I'll go ahead and define it anyway. It, yeah. It's a person who serves as a pastor in a church and also carries one or more other jobs in order to supplement their salary. Um, not a new phenomenon. Uh, the apostle Paul was bivocational sometimes. Uh, yeah. he, he was a tent maker. Now he wasn't a tent maker all the time. He, sometimes he would set that aside for a full-time stretch uh, where he was just uh, ministering uh, through, uh, you know, being an apostle and things like that. Um, but here's what is new about it is that the percentage of it continues to increase. I think the trend that I'm seeing, and I don't know if you're seeing the same thing from where you sit, Jim, but I see a trend toward more of this, even at larger churches, Jim, where each, uh, there's one church that I I serve uh, right now, a fairly large church, and every one of their pastors has a side gig. You know, they have something else that they're doing. What, What are you seeing? Yeah, my, my whole staff, same thing. We developed that in the whole 2009, you know, uh, recession. We, we gave everybody an additional day off mm-hmm. and, and we all took a certain cut in pay that, that we could to keep everything floating during what we felt was going to be a, a lengthy season. And when 2014 came around, 2015, and things were back to normal, we'd weathered the storm together. We had a conversation. Do we continue you know, to paint houses and sell cars and flip real estate. And we decided, yes, we would. Yeah, we, we, uh, we took that day back for work. So there's less time for those side gigs, but we, we encourage people. I, it, it, it does a lot of great things. It, it provides extra income that's over and above your, your existing budget. It, right. uh, it helps you interact with the community that you yes. serve. I, I think that's one of the greatest advantages. We, you know, you sell a car to somebody, but you actually end up inviting them to church at the mm-hmm. same time. And, 
And I, I think too, it just keeps us honest. You know, you're, you're living, you're working in the world, if right. you will, but you're a pastor. So you should, it helps with that integrity. Your sermon illustrations are better because <laughs> they sound more like the people you're ministering to rather right. than I was at general counsel the other day. Like, well, that's great, but nobody knows what that is. You know, I was, I was detailing a car the other day before I sold it and ran into a difficult customer. Yeah. Like everybody can relate to that guy. So right. I, I, think, I think it's a great idea. I, I strongly encourage everybody to have some sort. I mean, if, if they can, side gigs are, are a good thing for everybody, I think. Yeah. And I think so. I think you've listed some really great advantages uh, to bivocational ministry. But one of the biggest challenges that we've observed, Jim, has to do with pace. Yes. You know, how does a leader work in the marketplace, um, pastor a church, and find space for rest and, yeah. and rejuvenation? Yeah. You know, so, you know, the B word uh, balance is often, uh, you know, seen in Christian circles. Increasingly, it's seen in Christian circles as a curse word. Um, yeah. You know, I don't mind the word balance, but I've stopped using it because it causes my clients heartburn. So um, <laughs> I came up with a different word or we adopted a different word. And that was the word rhythms. rhythms yeah. And so I'd, I'd like us to use that idea of, of a healthy work rest rhythm as the answer to the pace question for uh-huh. a bivocational leader. Um, so I want to do this, Jim, real quick. I want to, I want to lay out four uh, work rest rhythms. This is something we've talked about in the past, but I was just going to give like a brief review of them. And then we're going to talk about how those first two rhythms work in the life of a bivocational leader. Does that sound like a good plan? That's great. Yeah. All right. So here's the first rhythm. It's a daily rhythm. And we're talking about work rest rhythms here. Uh, One of my favorite scriptures is in Genesis 1, 5. And then there was evening and then there was morning, the the first day. And in each segment, this this is around the creation story, right? And so each segment of God's creative burst of energy was followed by a pause. And that's, you know, and that sequence is repeated five additional times at the start of the book of Genesis. So at the very beginning of creation, we're introduced to this idea that there is a stopping and a starting when it comes to work. So that's the first rhythm, a daily rhythm. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I I guess it's before the Edison bulb, you know, before the television set, before all the artificial ways to make day longer. Mm-hmm. God said, You're, if you can't see, you can't work. You can't plow a field. You can't harvest fruit in the dark. You know, right. It's just like man to invent fire, though, isn't it? And just try to stretch beyond that creation. <laughs> doing it since forever. Yes. I, yeah. I heard that when, com- you know, the computer revolution hit that our, our work week was going to get shorter. Yes. Um, that didn't happen. All, it, all, it, all <laughs> we figured out is that we could get more work done uh, because yeah. things were sped up. So, yeah, that daily rhythm, very important. Second rhythm is a weekly rhythm. Uh, and it has to do with getting a day off every week. Uh, you know, we call it Sabbath. Uh, and God actually demonstrated to us the, the priority of this in the creation sequence, right? When he was finished with creation, he rested. And, yeah. and he did that to set an example for us because yeah. men and women are very ambitious. Uh, most of us, some of us aren't, but most of us are very ambitious. And, and, and God said, look, I, I got I to model this weekly uh, reset button, you know, where I, I, I'm reminded every week, Jim, when I take my day off, that Converge Coaching doesn't belong to me, doesn't belong yeah. to us as a team. It, it belongs to God. And, yeah. But here's the problem for a bivocational guy. How can I get a full day off when I'm working 
two or more jobs. Now we're going to talk about more of that in a minute, but that's a real challenge. And that's, I mean, that's real life, right? Yeah. Yeah. But again, that this is the way God established it. I, you know, God, God didn't take a Sabbath because he was tired. Right. You know, he took a Sabbath to establish a certain, it's funny, there's a certain rhythm, but there's also a certain faith to it, right. That I can accomplish more in six days of work with, and one day of rest than seven consecutive days of work. There's a measure of honoring him and and uh, believing that that he he is your provider and your blesser that's that's tough right. though yeah it, it is and and i jim i was bivocational for a couple of years right out of college worked full-time in the marketplace and was a youth pastor at a church plant for two years and i mean incredibly difficult to find a day off um and i didn't i was 22 years old i didn't know anything about what we're talking about today um, yeah. so I, I went with the flow and it caught up with me later in mm-hmm. life. Uh, here's a third rhythm real quick, a quarterly rhythm. Yeah. Um, so this is where every 90 days you, you, I, I would encourage you if you're bivocational or you have bivocational staff, yeah. encourage them to get out of their zip code, at least for part of a day, uh, for relaxation, uh, yeah. reflection, uh, recreation. And, and, you know, when I practice this third rhythm, Jim, I, I want to be away from my house. That's yeah. why I say get out of your zip code because yeah. my house often talks to me when I'm home. <laughs> like, hey, this project needs to get done. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's the third rhythm. Real quick, the fourth one is an annual rhythm. Hmm. And that is, you know, we would call it vacation, right? Yeah. Um, look, vacation is not selfish. It is not a luxury. Um, Actually learning how to play helps yeah. you be more productive at work and, um, and, and getting time away to be down and relax and forget about work. Again, hugely difficult for a bivocational pastor, but yeah. absolutely necessary. Yeah. So, um, you know, Jim, I, I'd like us, if it's okay, then to come kind of circle back to these first two rhythms. So if a pastor is listening today and you're bivocational or you have some teammates who are, you're going to need to help. Well, they're ultimately responsible to to figure this out, but I think you can help them uh, learn how to get creative with these first two rhythms. Um, So let's talk about the daily rhythm for a minute. Uh, First of all, I want to do a reality check for all of us listening that most normal humans begin to lose a large amount of their productivity after eight hours yeah. of work in a day. This has been proven over and over and over again for the last 120 years. We've got data yeah. Yeah. That, pro- that proves this. So if you're bivocational, I mean, it's almost likely that most of your days are going to ex- exceed that eight hour amount, right? Yeah. So you're going to have to work harder than most people to clock out at a reasonable uh, time. Yeah. And pastoral ministry, right? There's stuff going on at night. There's stuff going on at weird hours. Yeah. So it's hard to be consistent with the clocking out, I think. But I mean, look, just, I think if I could say anything to a bivocational leader, it's this, don't let every night be an 11 o'clock punch out. Right. So Jim, what do you right. think about that? Yeah, I, I think if we treated our, our minutes as carefully as we treat our dollars, we'd be mm. better off, right? So we, we budget our dollars because we know there's a finite number of them. 
the, the outcome of our bank account gives us a sense of well-being or a sense of insecurity. Mm-hmm. And so we, we treat dollars differently than, than minutes, but I, I think they fall into the same category. They're, we're given a certain number of minutes per day by God. The right. guy that has no time and is overwhelmed and the guy that has plenty of time both have the same amount of time. They, they just made decisions about how they're going to use that time well in advance. Yeah. I, I think the, the reactive, oh, we got the potluck tonight and the, this tomorrow and the counseling session. Are you free on Thursday? Well, I'm not really. Oh, okay, I'll do it. We would never treat money that way. If we did, we would understand the consequences of not predetermining what, what helps us to succeed in advance and being disciplined and staying on that course. Right. So I, I think, yeah, if there were a Dave Ramsey for calendars, maybe that would help us to, to understand because, you know, we, I, we call, I call Dave the debt Nazi because it's like, I did all debt is bad. All debt is bad. But if we realized what we had to spend time-wise yeah. and anything above that was bad, we treated that as, as debt, as uh, a mm-hmm. negative force in our life, we'd be better off. And, and I, I think that's it. I think the reactive, yeah, I will. No, I won't. There needs to be a system. There needs to be a predetermined set of priorities that you stick you to go. unless there's some sort of emergency that obviously pastoral ministry has, has the occasion for. But, but man, beyond that, if we're going to do this for a long time and do it well and stay healthy yep. doing it, we're going to have to budget our minutes like we budget our dollars. Yep. And I think that's such a great help if you can think about it. So I was working with a pastor the other day and we were talking about this very subject, Jim. Yeah. And, he, and he says, how do I, how do I budget time three yeah. months out as a, as a leader? And I said, yeah. well, it's, it's not a science. It's an art. It's a, yeah. it's a guesstimate. Right. And so yeah. I gave him an assignment that, okay, over the next three months, I want to see your calendar. Next time we meet, I want to see your calendar. And I want to see time blocked off yes. for yourself, yes. for your wife in that right. calendar. And we're going to work through that together. So you, I think that's really what you're saying. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's like budgeting in yeah. a way you're budgeting time. Um, and, and one other thing on this, uh, when you get to the end of your day, when you're bivocational and, and you feel like I got to keep going, not everything's done. Let me yeah. just clue you in on something as a pastor, your work is never done. Yeah. Not, you're not building a shelf. Yeah. <laughs> you're building people's lives and yeah. people are never done needing help, yeah. needing building. And so there are days, Jim, where I just get to the end of the day and say, I didn't check everything off my list. You know what? I checked the most important things off my list today. Yes. I'm calling it a day. I'm tired. Uh, and, and here's the truth is that I can, I can knock out an assignment that would take me three hours in the afternoon or late afternoon. And it'll take me an hour in the morning because yeah. I got yeah. more energy. Uh, yeah. So, so and you learn that about yourself, right? And then I you, you budgeted that time for the most meaningful things yes. being the most important things done at the best time that I have to give. That's right. And then, you know, returning the phone call or doing the to-do list or paying bills, that stuff. I mean, not that paying bills, is not important, but there, this is what you owe. And here's your checkbook, figure it out. It's not, it's not that hard, but you know, doing that first thing in the morning, I I'm with you. I, what was it? Uh, Batterson wrote a book recently about eat the frog. You know, okay. that, that's, that's one of the chapters in where he says, listen, do your, your, the things that are their hardest at, at the best time so that they're, you give your best effort to those things, the things that are most important, most meaningful. Right. And I, I really, I see that the same way but when you budget your time, you know, I, if your whole morning is set up with meetings and you have to be productive in the afternoon, but your best time is the morning, you should schedule all your meetings for the afternoon, right? That's, that's right. yeah, but the last guy didn't, or the rhythm I'm already in, or my whole staff would have to like, uh, 
just do what's best. Always right. do what's best and there's no regrets. You know? And I, I schedule most of my meetings in the afternoon. Yeah. Uh, very few meetings in the morning. Mornings yeah. are for thinking, for writing, yep. for, the, for the, the intellectually heavy work. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so we would encourage you to think that way. Think budgeting. I love that, Jim, that you brought that up. I go to sleep a terrible man. I wake up a good man every day. <laughs> every day when I go to sleep, I, I'm so tired. I'm a terrible man. I'm a terrible husband, terrible father, terrible pastor. By the time I go to sleep, I'm not good at any of those things. But I wake up every morning a, a better man than I'll, I'll be the rest of the day. So I, yeah. that's that's my rhythm. Maybe somebody else is better at midnight than they are at 6 a.m. That's true. From 5 a.m. till noon, I'm a different person than I am after lunch. Yeah. So let's talk about the weekly rhythm for uh, bivocational yeah. leaders just for yeah. a bit here. You know, I, I, I said earlier that after graduating from college, I, I started in a bivocational role. And, uh, you know, the idea of pastors taking a regular day off all those years ago, that was Jim, that was 41 years ago. Um, the ideas of pastors take, I'm so old, uh, taking a regular, <laughs> a regular day off. It wasn't talked about much in yeah. those days. Um, it really wasn't. So my work rest rhythm during those two years was really messed up. And, uh, and with my marketplace schedule, a full day off every week was problematic. So, you know, if you're serving in a bivocational capacity, I think you can relate to that. Um, it, it might not be possible for you to get a full day off every week. Right. So here's, here's a thought. Why not try stringing two to three nights in a row where you're off? You yeah. punch out at, you know, five o'clock uh, and take a couple of evenings in a row just to catch your breath. Or maybe you could uh, do a Friday from five o'clock till a Saturday noon um, stretch where you're just giving yourself, that's not a full Sabbath, but it, I think it's better than nothing. Um, so you might not be able to get a 24 hour stretch of time off, but if you can get a 12 hour stretch or an 18 hour stretch or a couple of nights in a row, I, again, is it ideal? It's not ideal, but if you're bivocational, you don't live in an ideal world um, in, in a lot of ways. So it, it, it's not all or nothing here. If you can't get a full day off, that doesn't mean you have license just to work seven days a week nonstop. You know, figure out um, a creative way to get <clears throat> some space for you to decelerate and, uh, and, uh, and, and let uh, your uh, family life and let your personal life take precedence. And I think I know that when I'm pushing, 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 and I have a goal that at this time I punch out and I get the next, you know, 10 hours, 12 hours, two days, whatever it is off there, it gives you something to look forward to. It, it's, yeah. I, I know nothing about labor and delivery, except I've been in the room a couple of times. And it looks really unpleasant, but, but we all know that you, you, it's very, very difficult. But at the end of that, there's a baby boy. Right. And, and I, I think it's the same thing. Having that, this is very, very difficult. It's very painful. It's very arduous. It's for, but at the end of this, I get two whole days off, or I get my week vacation I planned out in advance, or I get I get twelve hours of nothing. I yeah. get to do whatever I want, and I I know sometimes we have difficult weeks, but we have a tradition in my home that either Friday morning or Saturday morning, I'll, I'd say forty eight weeks out of the year, I I get up, I go get us breakfast that's prepared at a restaurant, her favorite Starbucks, my favorite Tim Hortons, so it's the special meal. We come back and we watch home improvement shows. We watch HGTV or, mm -hmm. you know, and we watch somebody else work and sweat. And it's, I don't know why that's fun to us, but we've been doing it for a couple of years now. 
Yeah. And it's just, no matter how hard Thursday night is, I know that Friday morning is, is a Coney Island breakfast and favorite beverages. And I sleep in until I don't want to sleep anymore. And I come back and wake up my wife. She slept in. So just, I think, again, those rhythms, we've budgeted that time to be important to us as right. a couple. I know this be they're bivocational with little kids, with the church that I wrote my message on Saturday. I'm not saying you have to do that. But whatever your equivalent of that is, just something to look forward to, to run towards when you're getting tired. There is a finish line. And it's, it's set in advance and you can run for, I think that's important emotionally. Yeah. So as we kind of wrap this one up here, Jim, um, just a couple of thoughts real quick. You know, if you're a lead pastor with bivocational staff, uh, can I encourage you to collaborate with them to create a sensible and sustainable schedule? Uh, If they're working nine to five in the marketplace, set reasonable hours for the work they do at church Um, and, and give them permission to let you know when you're giving them more than they can realistically handle. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and you might be listening and saying, well, why should I work at ho- so hard at that with my bivocational staff? I, wh- you know, or why should I, as a bivocational pastor, work at this myself so hard? Well, here's why, because you and your bivocational team cannot escape the negative consequences of living life out of rhythm for very long. It will catch up to all of you. Fatigue, yeah. you know, anxiety, depression will knock on your door. Um, I, I, I describe it this way, that there's this invisible wall called depression and anxiety that you're speeding toward that right. you can't see and you will crash into it when you consistently live on the edge of exhaustion. Yeah. And one more thing, if you don't get this right, I fear that you're going to have a revolving door of staff. Yeah. If you don't pay attention to this, uh, this principle and the power of these four healthy rhythms. So, Jim, that's, uh, yeah. I hope, yeah. is encouraging today to those who are listening who are bivocational. Yeah, please. The people that are leaving the ministry because they had one position under a tyrant and said, yeah, I'm not cut out for the ministry. That's, they weren't necessarily in the ministry. They, they were led mm-hmm. poorly, right? They were, yeah. they were in slavery and we're not supposed to want to go back to that and do that again. So, please. These, these young people coming out of school with debt and families and, or, or the guy that retired from GM and wants to be a pastor now, please, please, please care for pastors because pastors are notoriously not overly concerned about caring for themselves sometimes. So right. if you're the senior leader, their, their health is, is very important and it's on you to some degree to help them navigate those waters. Yeah. Right. Thanks, John. John, this has been great. Thank you so much for your heart and concern for all ministry. Um, for the variety of leadership platforms that, that you speak to. And uh, if somebody want to talk to you more about this, just give us the, the, the way that they would do that. Yeah, the best way is for them to go to convergecoach.com. And we have a contact us link uh, right near the top of our, uh, our website. And uh, you click that, it opens up a little form. You give us your name and, and a way to contact you. And we'll talk for 30 minutes for free. And just see if we can help you. Right on. So Converge Coach, not Converge Coaches, not Converge Coaching, Converge Coach, singular, convergecoach.com. That's correct. Press the button. All right. God bless you. Well, our our dear watchers and listeners, we love you, praying for you and believing that uh, there's a lot of good things in front of you as you walk wisely down the road that God has placed you on. And until next week, we uh, continue to be uh, your cheerleader as, as you continue to lead from along. 